Hi everyone, welcome to the diagram. It's your friendly neighborhood coach, Jason. Today we're talking about baby steps. Now, I have some clients who have a challenge with what they call perfectionism or being completionists, and they're really down on themselves in general about the idea of um, celebrating victories or giving themselves a pat on the back or congratulations when they're doing well. It's actually very important when we talk about making progress or changing our lives to consider that we're not actually talking about um, changing things all at once. There are a lot of things in between where you are and where you want to get. And the hard thing about motivation and dopamine is that if we don't celebrate the little things that we accomplish, we actually are less likely to accomplish our goal. So I wanted to give you um, five things that you can use to encourage yourself to actually make the baby steps because baby steps make progress. So number one, start where you are and plan. A lot of people that I work with and just people I know will say, oh, I want to make a change. Um, for example, I want to buy a house. I want to find a partner. I want to improve my relationship. Just think of whatever the goal is. And people will think about, well, you know what? I want to get, I'll use the getting in shape because it's when I think a lot of people understand over time being healthier, being physically fit. I want to be more physically fit, we'll say, you know what, I'm just going to start working out or we'll think about the time when we were much younger, how we played basketball four or five you know, days a week and everything will just fall into place. Now, the reality is that a lot of the time when we're thinking about that, that time of our life was many years ago and our bodies and our minds are no longer able to do the things that we used to do. So you need to make a plan that includes the understanding that if you're coming from zero, if you're coming from the place where I'll, I'll keep picking on being your physical health for now. If you, if you're coming from a place where you're not being active at all, except for you're going to walk to the car or get on the train and you want to be an athlete again, you need to give yourself a chance to actually make the change, the change. So a plan looks something like, well, for this month, I'm going to go to the gym or be active twice a week. That doesn't seem like a lot to some people because in their head, they want to be active four or five times a week. If your goal is to be active four or five times a week, you need to give yourself time to get to that goal. So you need to make a plan that acknowledges that. So make a plan, acknowledge that you're starting from zero and give yourself the space to progress through that plan. Number two, back to what I was saying about, oh, I want to be physically fit and I want to do that. Um, have a long-term goal is number two. You need to have a long-term goal where you can look at yourself and say, hey, I want to be able to get to this thing. So it's great if you want to be able to work out five times a week. Um, if you're going to develop that, you want to work with a professional and see what you would have to do to work out five times a week and be healthy because going to the gym and doing the same exercise five times a week is probably not going to meet your goal. They'll teach you about 
how much movement you need to do versus how much strength training and how much um, cardiovascular activity you also need to do. It's the same thing, just to pivot a little bit, for relationships. If you have a long-term goal of having a very happy and interactive romantic relationship and you're with someone and it's gotten terrible, if you're going from terrible to it's really good, you got to understand you might have to start with something as much as you have that long-term goal, but you need the long-term goal. You need to have a goal that says, I want to do this thing, right? So think about what your long-term goal is. That's number two. Number three, consider your challenges and make space for them. So in the two examples that I've given where you are trying to get in shape or you're trying to have a better relationship, what are the challenges to that? For a lot of us, time is a challenge. For a lot of us, being tired is a real challenge. We have a lot of responsibilities. Our parents are getting older. We have kids. Our job has more responsibility that we wanted, but now that responsibility requires more of our attention and creativity and resources. So we have to think about what our challenges are in order to getting to our goal. Number four, mark out what your benchmarks are in your plan. Your plan needs to have benchmarks, which you're going to say, back to the working out, if you want to be working out five times a week, it's a big deal when you get to three, you are over halfway to your goal. When you get to over halfway to your goal, I encourage you to celebrate. I encourage you to give yourself a pat on your back. Tell some people who actually encourage you. You need people who encourage you. That's not one of the things, but you need to encourage yourself and say, hey, I'm halfway to my goal of working out five times a week. Um, just back to go to go back to the goals. I wouldn't make a goal something like I want to lose 30 pounds unless you have a medical reason for that. Like unless a doctor has told you, you need to lose 30 pounds. I wouldn't make the weight loss the goal because it's not the best thing to measure. Yes, it's a tool, but it's not the best thing to measure. Whatever your goal is, you want to have something that you can measure and something that is reasonable, that is trackable. You gain and lose weight based on drinking water. Um, you gain and lose weight based on how much muscle you develop. So initially, it may not be the best goal. Same thing with having a happy relationship. Instead of having a happy relationship, I would encourage you to say, I want to go on a date with my partner once every two weeks. Um, I want to be able to go on vacations with my partner once a year. I want to have deeper, meaningful um, conversations with my partner. So when you, I talk about benchmarks, we talk about working on the things that are going to actually be achievable, not things that are sort of in the air and are hard to mark down. Number five, I touched a little bit on it. Celebrate the benchmarks not the plan. So once you've made the plan, the plan is not a benchmark. Let me say it again. The plan is not a benchmark. Having a plan to move towards your goal is not a benchmark on your plan. The reason for this, it is very easy to make a plan much easier than doing the thing. And I don't mean to take away from the fact that having a plan might take time. It might take you 
a whole day to come together with a plan. It might take you three days to come together with your plan. But you need to have a plan that says, well, my benchmark is to work out three, you know, my benchmark is to be able to do three workouts a week in two months, right? The first month you're going for two. If you get to your benchmark of three times a week in the first month, that's huge and you should celebrate that. If your benchmark is, I want to be able to go on a date with my boo once a week where we actually don't fight and we spend time just focusing on each other and getting to know each other and enjoying each other. If your goal is to be able to do that once a week for once a month and all of a sudden you realize in the first month you're already at once a month where your goal was, your benchmark was to get to, you know, maybe once a month next month. Because when things are not great, we might not want to spend a lot of time and it's not going to be great. So we start baby steps, right? So celebrate your benchmarks, not the plan. That's number five. So the five things are start where you are and plan. Number two, have a long-term goal. Number three, consider your challenges and make space for them. Number four, mark out your benchmarks over time. You got to know what you're working towards, not the end state, but the thing that you're working towards. Number five, celebrate the benchmarks, not the plan. Thanks. I hope this helps. I hope everyone has a great week. Welcome to The Diagram. It's your friendly neighborhood relationship coach, Jason. Today we're talking about scheduling, reminders, and calendars. And you might say, Jason, what does scheduling, reminders, and calendars have to do with my relationships? Well, here's the thing. All trust-based relationships require trust. One of the main ways that we maintain our trust is by keeping our word. Whether we do this on purpose or not doesn't matter to the other people that we're in a relationship with. Whether you know it or not, the people who you are in relationships with are building trust feelings for you based on how often you keep your word or not. For a lot of people, this is a challenge when it comes to their schedule. Being on time, not changing plans last minute, remembering to reach out, all of these things require um, scheduling skills and they can have a huge impact. Not necessarily that you're on purpose not keeping your word, but the fact is a lot of the time what I see is that people aren't keeping their word and it's negatively impacting the trust that other people have for them, whether that person is their partner whether that person is their children or their parents or in the workplace. So we're going to talk about it because it's an important tool to have in your arsenal to create trust with the people you're talking about. So my number one suggestion when I'm working pe with people is use what has worked for you before. What do I mean by that? If keeping a physical journal, meaning a little book that you walk around with and write in what you're going to do and when you're going to do it, works for you, then get yourself one of these journals or calendars. Usually you go to um, the store in the stationary section and you find them. Here's what I mean by it works for you. In order for this to work for you, you have to have the habit of 
taking the book with you wherever you go. You have to have the habit of checking the book at the beginning of the day each day, or most days, as I would like to say. And you also need to have the habit of checking what's coming up in the future, meaning what am I doing tomorrow? What am I doing later on in the week? If this habit has worked for you in the past, go ahead and get yourself one of these books and try it again. All parts of this are key for a paper journal working for you. Now that said, many people have never used a paper journal for this and they like the idea of using a paper journal. I'm gonna go ahead and say that even if you're going to get a paper journal, I'm going to suggest that you start using whatever you have. Um, what do I mean by that? What I mean by using what you have most of us have a smartphone at this point that we can sync with the calendar that's on our desktop computer if we have one still, which means if you have a Samsung phone, Google Calendar is probably on there. If you have an iPhone, Apple Calendar is on there. Either one of these tools are actually great tools where you can use reminders, where you can go ahead and 